0: Hello mainstreamers and cinephiles and everybody in between, I'm Bryant, and I'm Caitlin, and Operation Silver Screen is a GO!
1: Hello and welcome to Operation Silver Screen. Our show's mission is centralized on Bryant and I catching up and giving a debrief on must-see films that we haven't seen yet. However, we also have additional tasking that comes with this assignment, which we refer to as our bonus objectives. The goal of this objective is to watch and debrief sequels and remakes and classics of must-see films. Not only will we review these movies, but also analyze it from the perspective of its predecessors. So, Brian, what did we watch for our bonus objective this time?
0: This week... Wait, Caitlin? Uh, Yes? Hold up. Caitlin? Yes? Caitlin!
1: Yes! I know where this is going. (laughs) Danger Zone! Again! That's right.
0: That's right, back we are back in the danger zone. zone. For us, it was <laughs> just a couple weeks ago, but for others, it may have been 36 years ago. Mm-hmm. Today, as our bonus objective, we are going to be providing our debrief of Top Gun Maverick and touch on the original again just a little bit, though I recommend going back and... we're well, not going back, but if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to our Top Gun episode before or after this episode as well. And do note that... We are not going to be spoiling the movie at all. So don't worry, you can take a listen to this. So, you know, if this is a movie, you actually need to rush out to the theaters and see. We won't be spoiling anything during the first portion of our review and debrief. Top Gun Maverick. It's been 30 years since we've seen Tom Cruise as, at the time, Lieutenant Pete Mitchell. Now he is Captain Pete Mitchell. Maybe asking yourself, well, wait, 30 years have passed, how is he still a captain? Well, uh, if you don't remember, he has a lot of cowboy antics, and he puts he has some different prioritizing when it comes to his career. He tends to put people and the mission in front of his career development. However, he's called again by Iceman to come back to Top Gun to not only teach, but to lead a mission in where 12 Top Gun pilots, the best of the best, are pulled together to see who can possibly succeed at one of the most dangerous missions ever called upon. We talked about this, like I said, we talked about Top Gun before because Caitlin hadn't seen it, but I have seen it. It's not a franchise, unless you count all the games and everything with it. There's no collection of films. This is actually the first film that we're doing that just comes from one other film. This is also the longest movie sequel gap, not just that we've done, but in film history. So from the original to now, 36 years have passed, which is the longest Like, from one movie to the next. Of course, you have some movies, like, if you look at from when Alien was made all the way to the second Prometheus, but you still have films in between those. Now, like, 36 years have passed, and you know what we need? Top Gun sequel. Which I kind of like because, man, after doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre... And having to watch so many films in that franchise, and we do have Jurassic Park coming up as well, and I still need to watch those films again, which is probably going to be much better than watching The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's a nice little break. Like, I watched Top Gun. We did an episode on it. I didn't have to do any actual preparation. You know, just got to get my get myself in the mindset uh, to bring myself to the danger zone for this. Uh, but with this, uh, with this franchise, I mean... There's really again. There's really not too much to talk about. I think we both felt like the the original movie. It has some goods and it has some bad, but ultimately it just felt short. Like it was it was an all right, decent, fun movie, right?
1: I already forget what our rating was on it. I think I have to go back and listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but, but it wasn't. About- it was
1: like mid. It was it was mid tier film. I think we understood why it was a hyped and a beloved film, but did we necessarily see it that way? No, but it's all right.
0: Were you excited for this movie after watching Top Gun?
1: Um, I would say originally no, but I will say after seeing some good reviews and stuff on this, I I at least was interested. I was curious because I I was surprised to see good reviews. Like, while... Top Gun obviously holds up. There are people that love Top Gun. I wasn't sure if a sequel to it was something that people were really going to like. I wasn't sure. So when I saw that people were, you know, excited for this film and leaving this film pretty excited, I I did get pretty curious. I won't lie.
0: I'm saying with you, I really didn't have much of an opinion when it first was announced. I was like, all right, why are we doing I don't know, it seemed like a possible cash grab for for this demographic, especially with all these legacy sequels coming out. This is the one thing we always got to look out for is, is this just a cash grab? But then I started seeing the positive reviews, and we're doing this a week after it already came out, uh, after it was released. So we know what the box office was. This hit box office uh, records in multiple ways. The biggest one being the biggest Memorial Day opening, opening with $200 million, which I was surprised and also, this has a interesting demographic. Most of the audience was above the age of like, or was around the age of thirty six, or like in mm-hmm. the, in or like in the late uh in the thirties. You know, most of your demographic falls in mid twenties. So that was interesting. When I was I was hearing all of that and I was hearing good things, I became more interested to watch this movie. And I think you know, it's because there was there's things that do work in this this franchise and from the original. I think, and that's kind of what I was—I was hoping that this movie would capitalize on.
1: Yeah, so I heard this is also Tom Cruise's his biggest budgeting or biggest grossing film of his piece that he's done.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised about that too, uh, because I thought Mission Impossible would have
1: mm-hmm. broke
0: 200 million at some point. I don't know if this is well, actually, the way this is doing right now, and all the buzz is getting, and it's gonna probably last till July 4th, where it'll pick up some more steam. This is Definitely. probably gonna outdo some of the Mission Impossibles, if not all of them.
1: Yeah, I say that we're getting to this a little late, partially just because of life and over the holiday. We I had some plans. But also, um, I got to see this with my grandmother. So Top Gun is one of her, the original Top Gun is one of her favorite films. And, and her birthday's coming up. So I told her I would I would take her to go see Maverick for her birthday. And we got to make a day Aww. out of it. So that was nice. Yeah. So, so I was excited for that, just to be able to spend some time with her, you know, have something to bond over. I mean, obviously, I, I don't like the first one quite as much as she does, but, you know, I, I was going into this uh, pretty positive.
0: We should have a grandmother on the show.
1: Oh, no, we should have done that. <laughs> no, trying to get her to, to work this audio equipment, I, I don't think that's going to work out so well. <laughs> Maybe not.
0: <laughs> what are some things that worked for you that you were hoping to see in the sequel?
1: All right. So one thing I was looking forward to in this film, though, is the flight sequences. I said that in the original film, but those sequences bored me with tears. So I was hoping that, you know, with updated technology and not that it wasn't amazing what they were able to accomplish in the original, but with updated technology, I was hoping to be you know, a little bit more excited for that. And another thing that I was looking forward to seeing once you told me that Val Kilmer was going to be in this sequel, I was excited to see him and see, you know, how they incorporated him and how they incorporate um, him and in his relationship with Maverick. So those were probably the things that I was looking forward to most. And and, and one other thing, which I, I will have to put a, a little disclaimer for you guys, you know, we're, we are a biased podcast. We are, and you know, you try to be unbiased, but me and Brian, we're definitely biased about certain things, and I'll I'll tell you ahead of time that when it comes to our, our rating for this movie, I have a feeling that, Jennifer Connelly is going to bump it all a whole plus. That was something that I think Bright and I were both uh, looking forward to. So I'm I'm just saying that, you know, she's going to bump it up a little bit. We're a biased podcast and we, we are both big fans. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that already gets some positive <laughs> points. And yeah, man. I love seeing Jennifer Connelly for multiple reasons. And I wish she was in more movies. I really do. she's in some of like my favorite films out there, from labyrinth to uh reckoning for a dream again, like different stages of her life, and she's yeah God, she's a beautiful woman, <laughs> and just like just it's not even like Asian like fine wine, it's just like at every point in her life like she just mm-hmm. she just became like that age group, the top of the totem of beauty oh, because absolutely. i've recently i recently sent you a a a gif that I found. Of her riding a one of those mechanical horses at the, you see at like the supermarket or at the mall from a movie, I forget what it's called. It's a John Hughes movie. I think like Career Attention or something. It's not really well known. I still, I'm probably still going to go ahead and check it out because it's like an early Jennifer Connelly I haven't seen before mm, yeah. of age other than Labyrinth. Labyrinth, she's like a child though. So that's, uh, yeah. this is like though 21 gorgeous, like as always, uh where were we? Yeah, oh yeah I, uh, I don't know i I get that, that was something <laughs> I was looking train f-
1: the Jeff, and you know I, I think I kind of lost uh, my train of thought there <laughs> yeah.
0: now we haven't seen her before. she's new to the franchise. I'll say with this something that for me, the Jets work, and I think the Jets a lot of people look forward to that, so that was something I was looking for them to even continue to capitalize on. I was interested to see what they'll do with today's technology, also hearing that. This is going to be a lot of practical effects, knowing that Tom Cruise is behind it. I know that a lot of it is going to be practical effects. I know that a lot of it is going to be... He's going to put himself and the people to bring out the best performance and the most realistic performance uh, in in this movie. Uh, Mav and Iceman. I, I was interested to see like where their relationship will take him, especially with Val Kilmer. I talked about it during a Top Gun episode. If you don't know, Val Kilmer has throat cancer, and he has trouble speaking for long periods of time and when he does talk he uses a voice modular on his throat. I uh, recently watched his documentary Val, which was a very interesting documentary uh, and he talks a couple of times during during that point so I was I was interested to see like if they were going to be bringing him in if he was gonna to get some screen time if he was going to talk because we do see in the trailer that he uh, he has a funeral so wasn't sure like all right man are they just gonna kill him off because, you know, he has his he has his health issues, they can't film, that sucks, but I really hope they do do something else. Uh Now, something I wasn't really, I wouldn't say I wasn't looking forward to, I was hoping that they would do better, one, because it has Jennifer Connelly, but two, it was probably the weakest part of the original movie, and that was the, the love interest, that was the, not just Kelly McGillis, but just the whole love subplot did not work for me, I know it didn't work for you, I think for a lot of people it fell short, Uh that was something that I was hoping they would improve or maybe, you know, just kind of put out to the to the side. But seeing how Jennifer Connelly is back in the role of Penny, which she gets a mentioned in the original Top Gun as being a like a uh, her and Maverick kind of having a thing at some point, her being an admiral's daughter, a admiral's daughter. Is there something that you weren't really looking forward to or you were hoping that they would do better with this sequel?
1: No, I, I agree with you there with the love interest. I feel like I was expecting something better. I mean, no fault to Kelly McGillis, but that was definitely a part of the film that I didn't really enjoy. Um, I will say something that I was kind of dreading and I was kind of waiting for uh, as I watched this movie. And and, uh, we'll kind of get more into that later. I won't spoil Maverick or anything for you guys. But I was wondering if there was going to be another character death for me with Goose's death in the original Kind of felt unearned for me, and I talked about that in our review of that episode. So I think a lot of times you almost expect a death to kind of push the plot along. So that was something that I was sure was coming uh in this sequel and something that I just was not looking forward to.
0: I would say to me, my issue with that death wasn't that it was unearned. it was that it just wasn't it wasn't used well. like after mm-hmm. that. Having that in there, it was just, well, what was, what was really the point? Like, did you just put that in there just to create this minute of tension? Like, really, what does this do for this, the character and what does this do for the story? So, uh, yeah, I was kind of interested to see what they'll do with that because and it's been revealed that Miles Teller plays the son of Goose. So we have his son in the film. So of course that's going to have some tension. He's one of the top gun pilots that Tom Cruise has to go ahead and teach as well as part of this class. So I was interested to see how that how that plays out and I mean it gives it a chance for them to you know further explore the the turmoil that Maverick had to go through in the aftermath of Goose's death in the original film. What did you actually think of this film, Caitlin?
1: So starting first with the flight sequences, like I said, I did not like them in the original. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought that they were very action-packed and the visuals I thought were very nice. And, and I was surprised when you said that, and, and looking it up myself, that, you know, green screen wasn't involved. Most of this still was practical effects because, I mean, I don't know if it was just the... It was, I'm assuming it was just the way that it was filmed um, and the equipment that was used... But I thought they looked way more visually interesting than in the first film.
0: Oh, they definitely did. And uh, man, there was so much put into the jet sequences in here. Of course, the biggest thing is that it was very little green screen was used. I think I could tell the tons of green screen were used, but it wasn't during like the jet flights themselves, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or at least you're not going to you don't notice it at all.
1: Gotcha. I think as far as action and story goes, I feel like it was handled so much better than the original. I think part of the problem with the original is that there wasn't real stakes involved. You know, They were fighting for this competition, and then you were kind of aware sometimes that there was an enemy going on, and sometimes it kind of got a little confusing what was going on for me personally, and they just didn't seem to have very many stakes. The stakes were not very high. That is completely not the case with Maverick. There are definitely stakes. There are things that they are fighting for, and it's not just some points and a name on a plaque. So I, I felt that definitely increased the tension exponentially.
0: They they do not let you forget that the stakes are high. Like we said, they're training actually this time for a real-world mission. Of course, a real-world mission gets brought up at the end of Top Gun But here, they let you know from the beginning, like, hey, this is the mission we have going on. These are the stakes. And this is your chance of success, which is extremely low. And they also let you know, like, how like how bad the obstacles are, because they are they're bad. Like, I don't understand flying and jets and, you know, I don't understand all the technical aspects of it. But they really make you understand, like, how hard of a feat this would be to actually pull off.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like I said, it just really helps with the tension. You know, I think that there is an engagement that I felt with this film that I did not feel with the original at all.
0: I think this was what Top Gun was supposed to be, or what some people incorrectly remember it as. Like, this delivers on the fun, action, humor, patriotism, and camaraderie that I feel the original felt short on at multiple times. Uh I both very much enjoyed this film and I have a lot of respect for this film and we'll get into it in the details uh more. The cast in this one is great all around and I remember more names and faces than I would usually see in a movie like this and especially with the last Top Gun because we talked about that. I was like, Yeah, I forgot like most of the characters except for Mav and Iceman in the original Top Gun. Here I remember I don't remember all twelve because yeah, not all twelve get their get get their time to shine, but a good amount of them do. At least half of them do. And then there's also some additional side characters, some additional service members in there. Uh, the new and the old seem to be giving their best, which is something great to see from a legacy sequel. You don't just want to see your the cast that you love be brought back and then you just have these side characters just doing their own thing where they kind of, like Dion said, the High School Musical 3, they want to mm-hmm. introduce these new characters, but they keep focusing on the old characters. No, there's a good balance here. Uh, Probably because the only two characters to return are Mav and Iceman. We already talked about the jet scenes are amazing. And I'm actually going to be seeing this again in IMAX. Because this was actually filmed with IMAX uh, cameras. And I found out that there are scenes that are 23% larger in IMAX alone. So I'm going to go out and see that. And that also alone tells you my enjoyment of this film. It's also a heartwarming story. Something I think the whole family can enjoy. I actually saw a whole family show up also showed up late (laughs) a whole row like appeared in front of me and then went behind and just took up the whole thing Uh, so that was that was nice to see it's nice to see like when you just see like i just saw the generations there's like three generations in that family going to see this movie so that was a nice experience for them on a friday night Uh, because we talked about it before that top gun is one of the few war movies that's actually a a good feel war movie like you're not too Mm -hmm. too reminded of the hardships of war it's in there a little bit but you're not reminded too badly of it. You know, the, the horrors of war, as they say. I think this is a exemplary blockbuster and sequel. Like, I, I'm not saying, like, this is one of the greatest films out there, but looking at a legacy sequel and a blockbuster, like, this is this is a great balance. This is kind of how you do it. Uh, it builds, it's modest with the fan service, and it Honestly, it does more than it probably needed to actually do to bring in the the audience and the money.
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. And and going into it, I wasn't really sure what Tom Cruise or Iceman's role were going to be in this film. But I think that the way that they integrated in with these new characters was was seamless. And, you know, you actually do care about a lot of these new characters and they don't all look like the same white guy with different hats. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah, there are there is some diversity and this kinda of a I mean I don't wanna get political and bring in the social commentary, but it shows like what diversity can do also for your characters. I and mean, it's yeah, just definitely Yeah, I know you wanted to say something about the the cast. We're talking about the cast right now, so I'll let you go ahead and, and take that first.
1: Yeah, I d I don't know. So I didn't see the news that Miles Teller was gonna be playing uh, Goose's son. Or his call sign is Rooster in the film, which fun fact. I think they all chose their own call signs from what I was reading. They did. Yeah, and so he chose Rooster because it kind of went along with Goose, and it it fit perfectly. So good for him. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that's what his name, his call sign was going into the film. I didn't really know that that was the character he was playing going into the film but as soon as i I was on i was like oh yeah that makes complete sense he looks exactly like him
0: (laughs) yes yes he he was a great fit
1: it was yeah it was uncanny yeah i mean i i liked a lot of the characters i mean there is one character who i probably like the least but he did have a redemption moment at the end and that is hangman um but i also i like seeing the girl there i mean i think there was two girls in the 12 but only one girl really had screen time but i still like seeing her there and, and and bob bob was a favorite character of mine i do wish that we had gotten a little bit more for him but he was fun
0: yeah they go off the recency the bob was i was surprised what they did with bob it seemed at first that he was going to be kind of the the one pushed out to the side like he was going to be he was going to be the nerd of the group like he was going to have to he was gonna constantly get picked on. He was gonna to have to prove himself to get accepted. But no, he he fits in pretty well. And it reminded me of being in in the military as well. You know, like the different kind of groups and personalities that just get bring brought in on that friendship. Once Monica Barbero's character learns that, hey, that's my partner, she takes him in right away. She's like, Yeah, hey, welcome to the welcome to the team. I look forward to working with you. It was you know, they give him a little bit of crap, but they're all giving each other crap mm-hmm, on this. Definitely miles teller yeah miles teller was actually great i was uh he was i- w- i was i was surprised and i'm look he's been kind of low key recently so i'm looking forward to see what he's gonna do from from here especially now he's got it out of that kind of y a phase i'm looking forward to what he has to Thank do <laughs> yeah yeah he was a perfect fit for as uh as goose's son however he was actually it was him and two other actors that went up for the role. And all three of them went to Tom Cruise's house for a chemistry test. And again, this Mm -hmm. is where I have a lot of respect for this film, just how much Tom Cruise really put in the work for it, inviting them over to his house and and doing a chemistry test. Basically, you know, talking with them, I guess going over some lines, seeing how they really work together. Miles Teller, of course, was picked, but actually Glenn Powell, uh, the one who plays Hangman, was up for the role as well. He did not get the role. He went home. Uh, however, he got a call and they requested him to play the role of hangman. Hey they not only requested him to do the role, uh, Tom Cruise and the producers, but they actually beat the role up for him and gave him more to do because they liked his performance so much. And I think he does a great job. I actually really like Glenn Powell. Uh, I'm hoping to see more of him from, you know, from this doing so well and from him doing so well with this, because I first started watching him with scream Queens He was great. He was probably the best part in that show of Scream Queens. And then he's in a nice little rom-com on Netflix called Set It Up and does some voice work. And he's got another movie about Jets coming out this year as well with Jonathan Majors. So I'm definitely definitely interested to see more from this guy because I I find him to be... uh, One, just be... he's, He's funny. He's hilarious and... Everybody Wants Some, which is a movie we would one day talk about on this podcast as well. A movie I really like. Uh, with the cast as well, Monica Barbero, the the female poly, pilot in this, who is... Phoenix. Not, what's that?
1: Phoenix is her call sign.
0: Yeah, Phoenix, who is not just a female pilot. She's a... She's just a pilot. She's mm-hmm. She is Phoenix. She is a character. And that's something I was actually a little bit worried when I first saw this. I was like, man, I hope this isn't just the inclusion of a female and she's going to have that kind of that stereotypical inclusion of a female character with a bunch of guys you know she's going to be real macho, but no she has her own personality she has her own balance between masculinity and femininity and yeah she she stole the screen anytime that she was she was on so I'm also looking forward to more from her coming uh I I know she's already on a tv show I forget what it is but I'm interested to see more of her in future movies oh, yeah uh, no, i was uh,
1: expecting them to push her into a romance with sir and so it was nice to kind of see if that had not happen they did seem like good friends i mean they cared each other in a platonic way but it was never anything more than that
0: yeah and i love platonic relationships and i was so glad to see that and that's something you, again mm-hmm. me being ex-military veteran whatever uh it's something that yeah happens in the military a lot not everybody has these, not every person of the opposite sex or the, the sex that you're attracted to, you're going to have a romantic relationship with. You're going to have a platonic relationship with them as well. They're your brothers and sisters in, in arms. So I was happy to see that. So, of course, the new cast was great. They were not throwaway at all. This was not the High School Musical 3, as the loose cannon mm-hmm. would say. And uh, as far as the returning cast, you have Mav and Iceman. You have Val and Tom. Oh man, I won't say too much about what they did with him until we get into spoilers, but it was good. Like I said, I had some worries what they were going to do, and man, they they did it well. So and Tom Cruise, he feels that he still feels that turmoil of Goose's death, even though he was cleared and wasn't his fault, he still holds that, and he still holds a little bit of responsibility when it comes to Rooster, and it's very interesting to see how that plays out. It it kind of like you're thinking it's a side thing, and it 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 evolves it naturally evolves into something and it's quite interesting to see how it all plays out with the uh, with the cast as well uh, i'll say i'll say this i'm not taking up some some time talking about the cast but i just i was really uh interested in the cast overall but also again this room of respect comes in the training the cast really did go up into these jets just like tom and them did back in top gun they went into these jets and this actually required more training, more vigorous training mm-hmm. for them. Uh, that's because they had to go through G-force training because I I the, jets that that. They were, yeah, the jets that they were in uh, were going sometimes up to 8 G's. Now, an excess of 9 G's may actually kill you, and that's kind of the point that pilots in the fastest jets, man jets, go. And to put it in perspective, 9 G's translates to over 2,000 pounds of force being applied to your body. So you can't just get up and hop in there because if you do, like the blood is going to stop pumping in your heart. It's going to start, uh, blood is going to start rushing to your feet. You're going to become lightheaded. You're going to pass out or worse. Because like I said, excess of 9Gs can can be lethal. Now, while they were in the cockpit, of course, they weren't flying the actual jets. Though I'll get to about... They actually have a little bit more connection to flying. But they had to film themselves in the cockpit. Like, they had to control the cameras, the lighting, their own makeup. If they didn't have it right when they got back down and showed it to the director, they would send them back up in the cockpit to redo it. So they had to make sure that they were they were getting it right. Up there, under 8Gs, trying to apply makeup and make sure your shots are right. And to get back down and be told, nah, go back up there. Like, God dang it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's insane. And I mean... Like I said, you don't have actors' talent doing their own makeup and and lighting. That's not a thing that happens. So and especially not under that circumstance. So definitely props to them. And, I, and I'd say the only exception to that they weren't flying the planes would be Tom Cruise himself. He had his planes. I think it was uh F eighteen something. Yes. Like that. No. No, no, yes. No. 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 F- F-18. No. No. no F-18's not F eighteen. F eighteen is the other jets. Yes, but it was another one with a number and a letter, but I don't remember. <laughs> but he. Yeah, he has a smaller he, plane. Yeah, but but he has his pilot license. He he knows how to fly, so so one of the planes that he actually he actually did fly, so that was that was pretty interesting. You know, Tom Cruise. He's, he's such a weird guy. Um, but you know, he at least he's devoted, you know.
0: I yeah, feel he like is
1: he, he's a good actor for He's a as good actor, he's he devoted.
0: Is. He's he, he's a lot. And I feel like he gets a lot he, of crap he's lot. because he's he, he is a lot and he's into the Scientology. Everybody knows, but Man, he puts a lot into his film and and a lot for the cast as well, looking after them. I mean, still one of the craziest facts I learned about him is that he can... I don't know if he can still do it, but he was able to hold his breath for five minutes because he was preparing for a stunt in Mission Impossible. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez, just 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 stare at the clock for five minutes breathing. Oh, and gosh. that is a long time. Uh, Sorry, yeah, he, so he has his own pilot license, but it wasn't just him uh that has his own pilot license now actually a couple of them got the the pilot bug as you may call it in this film so glenn powell actually during the filming of this went out and got his license his pilot license tom cruise helped him out every step on the way uh when glenn powell got back to his place once he got his pilot license he found a note from tom cruise that said welcome to the skies so again, this man really really cares for his team. Uh, Monica Barbero is working on her pilot license. There's actually an interview, and it's kind of funny. She's like, "Glenn Powell beat me to it," so upset. <laughs> uh, so she's she's close to getting her. She's about to. I don't know if she has as of this recording passed her ground testing. Hopefully she does. Best of luck. Uh, if you want to see Tom Cruise fly his plane as well, there's actually a funny video where uh, him and James Corden he flies James Corden out to his uh, to his hangar. And brings him out to the jet and is telling him like, yeah, we're going to go out flying. Because there was another interview that they did where Tom Cruise had him go skydive.
1: Oh, gosh. And
0: James Gordon <laughs> was like, man, I'm never doing that again. And then now he's <laughs> taking him out in the jet. And they actually, like, they do circles. Like, they do the barrel
1: roll. Oh, gosh. It, yeah, wow. it's
0: insane. So, like, they, man, they really they put themselves through a lot. And it, it shows on screen. That's the, That's the biggest thing. It's like, man, it sucks sometimes when actors put themselves through a lot and it doesn't show on screen mm-hmm. uh another thing that showed on screen and i'm your grandmother's opinion on this one is that man so we have that famous volleyball scene in the original top gun and this one we have like a we have a football scene <laughs> and man everybody you listen to the, the interviews also there's a bunch of gifs around with like a lot of the a lot of the, the actors and actresses flexing and all kind of like trying to out muscle each other they were hitting that gym day and night like day and night and it was funny because they filmed the football scene because that was the biggest scene like they knew that they were all going to be shirtless during that scene like that was the time that they man they had to have their their muscle stacked there was also like some competition between the guys glenn powell talks about it like <laughs> he's like man that was there's a lot of male insecurity there everybody was there just day and night <laughs> uh, so after the football scene they went out actually and they celebrated they got shakes fries man they just they just gorged themselves
1: deserved
0: <laughs> yeah but a week later tom cruise said hey i checked out the footage for the for the football scene ain't gonna cut it we gotta go ahead and uh refilm it so everybody was oh,
1: no. back to the gym
0: yeah they were and they had to constantly fly because they couldn't take a day off if they had a day off they still went to the airport and got flown so they can keep that g-force training uh shape uh, so they and this was a 10-month shoot and there was a 3 month training program as well that Tom Cruise developed. And again, it shows, it's man, those scenes are great. Like I said for the original Top Gun, I love that like they were looking around in the cockpit and everything. And here I feel like there's even more space in the cockpit and there's even more going on and they're looking around, they're talking to each other and yelling back and forth. It's yeah, it plays out nicely.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I definitely was not bored this time. Also speaking of the football scene, I I was shocked that uh Tom Cruise himself was shirtless running around. That old man.
0: <laughs> oh, I wasn't surprised at all. Like I said, uh, Mission Impossible is my favorite franchise. It's probably been my favorite franchise for the last decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you can't help but research the stunts that they do because they're insane. Like hanging mm-hmm. on to the side of a plane, holding his breath for five minutes.
1: So he's in good shape.
0: Well, also Tom Cruise is known for running. Like the only reason that man has barely <laughs> aged is because time can literally not catch up to him. Well, Even in his
1: age, he's aged because there was like a um like an intro before the film with Tom Cruise and he looked a lot older than he did in the film. I mean, I'm guessing he, he dyed his gray for the the movie itself,
0: but No, I actually I noticed that with some interviews recently. I saw like some mm-hmm. stills. I was like, Oh wait, Tom Cruise looks a little bit older. I was like, hmm he probably slowed down just a little bit, but hey, the dude's sixty and like he's Yeah,
1: I mean in- he's doing good for that age
0: yeah so and also extremely well. I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there you know maybe a spoiler uh, warning but he does run in this film like when I saw <laughs> it I, I put my finger on my nose I was like ah he's doing the thing he's just cutting <laughs> that air just cutting that air yeah he, uh yeah man everybody was doing doing great and also miles teller man he just looked really relaxed in this role. there's a scene where they're playing mm-hmm. football and he just leans back and just lets his shoulders drop and he just yeah. looks like he's having the time of his life. I was like, man, this must have been like, oh man. This this is the kind of set that I wish I was like I was a part of somehow. Like kind of yeah, makes makes you want to be like an actor and like go through this. And it's funny too, one of the actors though actually has a fear of height and flying. They had to sign a waiver. Oh, no. He thought that this was all gonna be green screen, so he lied. He was like, Yeah, no, I don't have a fear of height or or uh or flying. And it was actually it was uh, I believe it was fanboy. So he actually gets some, oh, some screen gosh. time too. So he he conquered his fear to be be a part of this, and I'm pretty sure everybody was helping them along the way.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh. So I'll say I'll say that for the spoilers. Uh. So once again, the DOD was involved with this film. Uh, the DOD Media Entertainment, like we mentioned, we talked about the complex in our original podcast, talking about how how the DOD is actually involved in a lot of films. Uh, and they and of course they they still are to this day, and they were known for kind of meddling with the top gun screenplay the original excuse me i'm not sure if you uh if you want to talk about that caitlin for the original yeah
1: yeah i mean so mostly speaking i mean first of all they were funding part of his film and they are giving their resources this film but it it came with a cost for sure because they had to submit to screenplay and had to get approved and there were some scenes that they changed around to make it seem more favorable towards the military so that's where that kind of military commercial propaganda whatever you want to call it comes in um, because there was that military involvement into this film so what was the involvement in the sequel then?
0: Barely anything. So Lieutenant really? Colonel yeah, Lieutenant Colonel Glenn Roberts, uh, I believe retiree, uh, is the officer in charge of the office currently. And he did an interview and he said that he knows that the story was changed before, you know, back in those days. But he says that my mentality now is to allow the artistic freedom. He's like what I he says, what I do is I check to see if there's like inaccuracies. In, in the films or to tell them like, hey, no, it wouldn't work like that. Or, hey, this is like the actual representation of it. But other than that, he doesn't tell them what to do with their film. Someone actually questioned like, oh, you guys got to tell them what, to, what they do with their films. And he said, well, yeah, good luck telling Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg and Christopher Nolan what to do with their films. Mm <laughs> hmm. So he, he allows the uh he allows them to do what they wanted to do. He just goes ahead and lets them know, like, yeah, no, this wouldn't work out like this. You should probably go ahead and change it. But other than that, no, barely, barely anything. And guess what? I gotta say, this this movie, I'm not saying it, it may want to go out and, and enlist for the for the Navy or anything like that. But it's probably a good thing I didn't see this while I was getting out of the army. I would probably second guess <laughs> myself, like, do I wanna stay in? Do I wanna become a pilot? Because <laughs> this movie kind of got my my blood pumping it reminded me of a lot of another movie, kind of like the same tone and a lot of uh, the the same feelings I got from a really good feeling movie, which is Creed. Mm-hmm. When I finished Creed, Creed made me want to go out and just and just fight. Like yeah. I was just, <laughs> I was just pumped up. Like I was just, I was ready to hop into a ring. Uh, this made me want to go out and get a pilot's license. I was no,
1: I I completely agree. I mean, I fought the same. I mean, I mean, I'm glad glad to hear you say that they didn't have involvement because that was something that I kind of was question about, questionable about in the first film just because, I mean, I have nothing against military films and if you want to show the military favorably or unfavorably, do what you will. But when they have that level of involvement... It, I think it kind of takes away from the artistic freedom, like you said. And it's like, is this really a film that you want to make or is this the film that the military wants you to make? So that was, that's kind of my concern with the first one it, when I learned that they were making changes. Um, So hearing that they didn't have a influence on this one story-wise, I am definitely glad to hear that. Uh, so one thing I, I, I said that I mentioned in the first one was that there wasn't a much focus on the enemy. I mean, when you talked about it, you said, oh, it's obvious who the enemy is. It's obviously the Russians because of this and their... But they didn't actually name them by name. But I think that this film kind of does the same thing. And I feel like it's kind of nice to see a military film, not that just just does feel good, but just a film that doesn't focus on, you know, this is us versus them. You know, this is the other. I mean, it has conflict with another nation and, and something's going on. But I never felt like it was detracting from being a film, mostly just about this crew and the relationships between these characters.
0: Yes, I'll say with this, uh, a couple of things keep it ambiguous. One, like the colors that the of the uniforms and the jets of the enemy were just literally blacked out. Uh, I wasn't too sure who this could be now granted the their terrain of the enemy their snow and there's only so many countries we think of when we think of <laughs> snow and enemies until Greenland starts acting up we kind of got one in mind or you know Serbia but and they got their own stuff going on and with this though another thing with this movie is that it kind of takes place in an alternate future an alternate timeline because they introduce a jet in the a prototype in the beginning of this movie that reaches Mach 10, over Mach 10 speed. Now, Wild Man, Tom Cruise is in the jet. Now, the only manned jet right now, as far as our time, uh, the only record is about six mocks. So, there's a whole four mocks that we still haven't gotten to. While Unmanned, I think, is at eight mocks. Uh, I think there is one that actually, I think the eight mocks are like high up there, but it can only be reached outside of the earth's atmosphere. So we actually haven't even gotten to even close to that type of technology. So it's like, this kind of takes place in, I don't know. It kind of takes place in the future, but not because it's only 30 years since 1986, because that's already been established. So it's kind of like this alternate timeline. Now, granted that's the only futuristic thing and maybe like the, some of the things they use for briefing. Uh, but other than that, don't don't worry. It's not like anybody's has on like smart glasses and they're pulling up hologram mm-hmm. desk on the front from the ground and, and showing the positions. No jetpacks or anything like that. Uh, but but yeah, it's that that was an interesting choice, and I wonder if they did that to make the enemy more ambiguous.
1: Yeah, I'll say something. Well, first of all, I didn't realize that about the mocks, so that that was interesting to learn. I do think that there was a little bit more focus on like the technical aspects of the plane. Like, the first movie was just all about the MIG, the MIG, or whatever it was. And, I don't know, it didn't really get too much into the technical aspect, I don't think, since that. um, Or besides that. But I feel like there was a little tiny bit more focus, and you got to see a little bit in it. And here, the lingo, and the lingo didn't, wasn't too far over your head. You can kind of make some sense of it. So that was nice. You know, it felt accessible. But something I liked about Top Gun... And, and I liked it about the original too, I think, is that... So So it's just some personal background for me. My my grandfather was a army pilot. He he flew helicopters. And while he liked the military, he didn't... I don't... I would say he did not like the military as much as he loved flying in general. And that was his way to fly. Flying was his passion. And, and looking at these characters, I, I didn't necessarily guess they're military, but... I think first and foremost, the focus is just how much they love flying and they love being in the air and they like the camaraderie. And so that was nice to see. Yeah,
0: and coming from the Army, I'll say that's that's a big thing for a lot of people. is <laughs> isn't so much mm-hmm. that we love the Army, is that we love the people and we love the job. Actually, sometimes it gets frustrating for people, I uh, can especially say for, for MPs, uh, and where the Army interrupts the job. And actually, that was one of my issues: is that I, I was really liking the work that I was doing, man. But the army kept coming in and having me do other things, pulling me away from that, having me shift my focus. So I definitely agree with your grandfather there. Yeah, th- I think this movie brings it to light: the jet jargon and how they were explaining. It, like I was, I was catching it. I wasn't receiving all of it, but it reminded me of watching the the hospital shows. Or anytime like there's a hospital, mm. when the doctors are talking about, you know, we got to go ahead and transfer the 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 CCs uh, and put in like 20 milligrams of this into that, and yeah, you're like, man, I don't got any of this, but it all sounds really cool. And I heard this word twice, so I know it's important. I, I'm I'm following along. I got this. You know, you're kind of just like a like an intern, but you're you're catching it, and it's it's fun. And, and yeah, it definitely is way more than what you had before. So we mentioned her before but uh let's talk about our our favorite introduction who gets introduced to a song that is somewhat of a reference and that's let's dance by david bowie i did not catch that but uh i read the read the trivia on it yeah and you know the connection between jennifer connelly and david bowie right
1: uh uh, yeah of course yeah okay But i was like huh i didn't realize that
0: (laughs) yeah i didn't realize that either you know with without david bowie Sitting there and, and, you know, just hip-thrusting himself across the bar. <laughs> kind of don't put two and two together. But, man, oh, I would have loved if, like, Jennifer Connie was there and, like, the voodoo dolls started jumping up and started singing along. Amazing. <laughs> Actually, okay, I want to learn editing so that, like, there's scenes in the bar where there's just a huge crowd of people. I want to try to find a way to, like, put one of those voodoo's or, or one of those goblins in the background.
1: <laughs> you could, yeah, that'd be to do, for sure. Yeah. Like you ever uh, see those tweets like I, I Photoshop Paddington into movie stills until I forget <laughs> every day until I forget.
0: Oh no no I haven't seen that. You
1: haven't seen it? Oh my gosh, I'll have to send oh, you I a Oh, I love Twitter. Paddington too. Yeah. I, mean, I love both Paddington's. Yeah. I'll have to send I'm excited for sequel. three.
0: I wonder if that counts as a legacy sequel. I don't
1: know. Maybe. It's a franchise, kinda. It's a book franchise. Yeah, maybe.
0: I don't know if like the the time though is gonna match. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. We'll do it for Paddington. But yeah, Jennifer Connelly, like we said, we both love her for multiple reasons, mm-hmm. both superficial and you know, respect for her talent. What did you yeah, think of her? Talented. What did you think of her role in this movie?
1: You know, I wasn't sure what to think at first because, I mean, obviously, I, I knew Carrie McGillis wasn't coming back because she's she's not acting anymore. Um, so I was I was kind of um. I won't say I put off guard because I think they played it off really well. Just to have a character come in and you have to assume all this history between her and uh, Maverick. There was a history there; they've had a relationship before. It seems like they've had an on and off relationship that have gone kind of sour at the beginning of this film, and and so you kind of have to go in making some assumptions about that. But I think that the way they played it off uh, went well. I won't say that this was my favorite love story. I don't think it was necessarily a huge focus of the film. And and there's a love story in this film that I think worked better or could have if they had gone that route. But, you know, I think that it was fine. And I think it gave Maverick a little bit more humanity because, you know, he doesn't really have anything tying himself down. And he's still just being this kind of loose cannon. And obviously things didn't work with whoever, with Charlie and they were no longer together. And which, you know, I kind of (laughs) predicted, but it was definitely a better, I would say at least it's a better story than the original.
0: And the bar was low, but I agree. It it was a better love story than the original. Uh, And I think the best thing for it was to humanize. Tom Cruise, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think she was just a plot device. She had her own things going on as yeah, well. yeah I
1: liked her as a character. I think that she was interesting as a character. you know, she has this bar, she just um has sort of a swagger with her too and and she definitely had her own motivations and, and and things that she wanted out of the relationship and out of life and so I think that was was good at defining her character, like I said, it's not my favorite romance, but you know it was so solid.
0: There were also some impactful moments, uh, with her as well. Uh, I, I would say one for the spoiler, but I'll, I'll give one now. It's where, uh, she's like kind of giving him a hard time this whole time at a bar. It's great because she has the backing of the whole community there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can tell like she's 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 very much adored in this town. But Tom Cruise, when he sees Goose for the the first time, and he's looking at Goose as he's like playing this piano, rooster. he's got rooster. Sorry, what did I say?
1: Goose. <laughs> Close Goose. enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gooster. Um <laughs> Ruin when he sees Rooster, when he sees Goose's son playing the piano, he has this very sad look in his eyes. And Jennifer Connolly given this hard time through throughout the night. She sees this and uh you, and she can tell like the emotion that's going on through him. And I think it's because we know like within this short time, she knows Tom almost she knows Mav almost better than Mav knows himself. And it kind of like double layers that impact. And it, it was really nice. And it, it happens again in the, not, not so much like that, but there's another impactful moment in the movie as well with their relationship that gives this movie a, l- a little bit more heart as well.
1: Yeah, and I like that we didn't have to start a relationship from scratch with Maverick either. I think it was a very good decision to have a relationship that was kind of already established fair dynamics and, and how it was going to go to a degree.
0: Yeah, and they also made it work with the. It wasn't just fan service, and I'll talk about the the fan service a little bit. The fan service isn't here that much. There's a little bit of a cut from the last movie, but again, it's been thirty six years. They did this with the Matrix where they cut in previous film, and I gotta say, this like this is how you do it. The Top Gun Maverick, Matrix, the Wachowski should have watched this first, uh, which was being made at the same time, probably even done before, and, and learned from it because they have it in here just kind of give you a reminder, like, hey. Remember this, remember that, and it's, it's quite nice. So some, it plays like a flashback, even though it's the original, the original film. And but Penny, she was kind of just a like a side joke at first. It was just she was the admiral's daughter that Mav had a had a fling with, or at least like took her out flying. And it was like like this stint that had happened. But she gets brought back, and they do much more with her character. It's like they kind of created her character, and then realized that oh, we can tie it to this original one. Uh, There were a couple other things in there that were like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I, I see how that ties to the original. But most of it tied to the original as far as story goes. It wasn't like unnecessary dialogue. It wasn't, any, nobody was saying, hey, man, I got a need. Oh, what do you have a need for? Speed? No, man, I have a need for water. This is where everybody goes, oh, they, they almost said the thing. No, no one's saying, you know, you can be you can be my wingman, ride my tail. Uh, Nobody's asking for butts. Nothing like that.
1: I don't know, I kinda missed the butts line. I was yeah. expecting that one. <laughs> I need butts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the
1: Give me the butts.
0: <laughs> the reviewer I watch uh, on Twitch, they actually made that their their stream, their stream ping. So anytime another oh no, subscriber, their subscriber <laughs> notification. So anytime somebody subscribes, all you hear is, I want some butts.
1: <laughs> That's perfect. That's great. Yeah, so for me the only like real fan y thing that I did not like is the music. Because
0: Yeah, yeah they brought the music th- back and there was one there was one song I did not like from the original and it was brought back in this. I was like, Yeah, not feeling that.
1: It's probably probably the same thing I'm thinking of and we'll talk about that a little later. But but I even like at the bar, these young kids are going on the jukebox and they're putting on these eighties music and I'm like, That's
0: not realistic.
1: <laughs> Can we get something a little bit modern here? <laughs>
0: I, actually, I believe that because oh, they man. weren't they weren't young, young. They weren't like Gen Z. They were our age. They I don't were. Know,
1: I'm not gonna go put on eighties music.
0: <laughs> I would put on some eighties music. Ooh,
1: not if me. if I'm flying jets. Oh, I don't like
0: music. oh man, I get yeah. I got my songs. Uh, I don't know. Maybe seventies. Some seventies
1: music. Seventies music is good. Eighties music takes me back to that car salesman <laughs> job.
0: <laughs> well, you just don't like eighties music.
1: Oh gosh, because I it's some 80s just, music. like I said, it's the go-to retail music and I I
0: can't do it. If you well, worked
1: retail or anything of that sort, you're not going to be a fan of 80s music.
0: Yeah, these guys decided to serve their country in another way, not retail.
1: Yeah, I guess that's why. They haven't been. <laughs> their soul hasn't been crushed by, <laughs> by the 80s music on the same song 20th time that day over and over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, towards the Like once they got that fan service out the way, I did like kind of the orchestra they did of Danger Zone. I mean, I was like, this little fan service, but I did like that one. (laughs) It kind of worked a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, It did. It was just quick. Like I heard it, I was like, all right, maybe a little too much. But I think that's because they were trying to give Kenny Loggins a little bit more Mm, appreciation because they did replace him, which was a pretty bold move. That they replaced like the one who made the, the 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 movie. The song is. The song the movie is known for. And they replaced him with Lady Gaga, uh,
1: mm-hmm. with
0: the song Hold My Hand, which is a good song. It's a great song, actually. Oh,
1: I, I wasn't a big fan of that. Really? It was just in the end credits, right? It wasn't anywhere yeah. else.
0: Uh yeah. I think you can hear a little bit like before the credits start rolling. Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean, it does maybe feel like kind of a promotional song. I think it's yeah, like a promotional it does. song that works. Man, I, mean, uh, I think no, the-
1: Lady Gaga has a good voice, and maybe I just have to listen to it outside of the end credits. But I-, I wasn't really feeling it in the end credits. But we'll see. But yeah, yeah like I, was- I just kind of wish there was a little bit more modern music. Not anything too too modern, where it's like, oh my gosh, this song again. But mm-hmm. like, I'm not looking for top forty hits, but just something a little bit other than the same eighty songs that they use in the first one.
0: I think there was one, but I could also be mixing up movies because I did watch The Fallout. The night mm-hmm. before watching this. So I may have crossed streams. But yeah, there was one with like, it was like the synths or something. It was like that very, because I mentioned it before, like the, the Hallmark TV movie kind of music they had in the original. They they play it for like a second here. I'm like, why? I didn't wrote it on my why, notes. Still wait, not feeling wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me rewind for a second. Why are you saying, oh, these people are like our age. So they might, they might listen to the 80s music. Like we were alive during the 80s, listen to 80s music.
0: Because we do listen to 80s. I'll, like, I was, like I said, I put on 80s music. Like I would put on 80s music.
1: But it's not like your era. It's not like you're nostalgic for it.
0: No, but these guys weren't really nostalgic for it. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it wasn't like Star-Lord. They had a walkie-talkie on them and they were blasting it while they were in the jets.
1: <laughs> I got that vibe with the jukebox.
0: Oh, yeah, with the jukebox. But one, also it's a jukebox. Like are you really expecting modern songs in the jukebox?
1: No, but uh, well, yeah, they have modern jukeboxes.
0: That wasn't a modern jukebox.
1: But but they have them.
0: <laughs> but also, if it's you look at the demographic, if you look at the demographic of that bar,
1: yeah, that's true. You know
0: that jukebox only had eighties eh, on it. That's
1: true. <sighs> but still, like I like just overall, the music. I wish there was a little bit modern. Like they could still have a little bit of the eighties music. But I felt like sometimes it felt a little fan servicey. And I will mention last episode when we did our uh, Top Gun review, you called him Kelly Loggins. I was listening oh, to the podcast I almost did it with right my now. mom. Yeah, I was listening to the podcast with my mom, and she was like, "Did he just say Kelly Loggins?" Because
0: <laughs> there's a woman named Kelly McGillis in this, and then Kenny Kelly. Came. It's
1: very easy. I was like, "Oh, I guess he did."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I almost just said it. I didn't it call now. you
1: out on it. <laughs> it was yeah. all her.
0: All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into the classified portion of our debrief. So if you have not seen the movie, go out and see it. I mean, we haven't given our letter grade yet, but it sounds like both Caitlin and I would recommend you go out and see this movie. Just uh, um, just as well as all the other people in America right now rushing out to see this movie. I'm not sure how well it's doing a worldwide box office. But yeah, go out, see this movie, come back, listen to the listen to the second portion if you already have seen if you already have seen it. Stick around. All right. is everybody gone from the danger zone that shouldn't be here? All right. Let it rip. So with the spoilers in tap, one of the things I want to talk about first is Val Kilmer. I know somebody that we were both interested to see come back. I was very interested to see how they were going to have him back in the film with all his health issues that are currently going on. And there is a scene we get before his funeral. We also get some texting back and forth between him and math. But when we see him, uh, he is actually having, I, I guess his character is dying from throat cancer. Uh, and it's a, it's a very emotional scene. He first talks to him just by putting a simple question on the computer, and then he actually talks to Mav. Uh, I found out later that it was actually AI dubbed. So that's mm-hmm. where we're at with technology right now. Uh, they were able to recreate his voice and dub it over him. Uh, and they nice. have a very ni- yeah, they have a very nice scene together. I think I think oh, yeah. I think it was I think it was done very tastefully. As far as like these legacy sequels go and bring these characters back, this was probably the most tasteful.
1: Yeah, and I know we I mean we didn't really joke. I mean I think we were genuine with it that we felt that the first Top Gun really would have been a better movie if it had been a romance between those two and I, I felt that even yeah, more so. this I wasn't joking that
0: I could have yeah, seen it's it. It's not it, a it joke.
1: It's it's very genuine and I feel like for this movie I felt that even more so. I mean, it was a beautiful story of the relationship between these two characters. And the way it, it went down in that scene where they were reunited, it, it was a very heartwarming scene. And as far as, um you know, using the computer as his voice um because he was unable to speak or it pained him to speak. You know, the fact that they did that, I thought, was, was so cool, was so neat. Because, you know, they could have said, you know we can't do this like you can't be in this film or found some way to write it out or just to deal with it but the fact that they just it was like okay this is how you are you can't use your voice so your character is not going to be able to use his voice and we're going to provide um technology for you to help with this disability and i think that was, was really nice to see i mean in general we don't see you know characters with disabilities using assistive technology or anything like that on screen. I mean, obviously, this is just him typing on the computer, but even so, I mean, that is assistive technology. So I thought that was was really nice to see, and I think it it was beautiful that it was able to capture that and and make um, use of that and, and show, you know, that he is still capable of doing these things, even though he does not have his voice. And, you know, it was just, it was really nice to see that they didn't write it
0: out yeah, because they, like I said, they could have easily just went with the funeral scene. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they could have just killed them off because they didn't want to have to go through what some people would probably consider hoops to bring them on to screen. But that wasn't the, the case at all. Uh, I would say I didn't feel the, the sexual tension as I did the last one. <laughs> Here, <laughs> no, not I did, sexual, I did, but... It... I did feel that camaraderie between them and that like that level of respect. Like, these guys don't see each other often. But, but when they do, and it's like they pick up from the start.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a, a real love there. I mean, platonic, romantic, whatever you want to call it, but there's definitely a real love between two characters. It was, it was really nice. And I, and like you said, you don't really see men having that kind of relationship, you know, where they're hugging and they're crying. And, you know, so it was, it was nice to see. It was a beautiful, touching scene.
0: I was almost worried about this movie for a second. Uh, and that's when Tom Cruise and Miles Teller reunite when Tom Cruise is about to get shot down by the helicopter, there was there was some points in this movie where I feel like the tension wasn't totally there. I was like, I know what's going to happen. Like that, mm-hmm. what happened with the helicopter when he was about to die and what happened with the jet later when he was about to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw both actions. However, it still caught the audience off guard. The audience clapped and wooed when Hangman came in and saved the day.
1: Really? So,
0: yeah. Uh, my audience was very reactive. It was, it was pretty interesting. Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll get into another point where they were... Uh, reactive as well but with that I was like oh man with Tom Cruise's plane getting shot down and now he com- he's coming back to do the rescue mission I was like I feel like they're probably attacking this on but how that plays out I think was I think was cool I think that was really interesting from the it it was funny it was intense it wasn't when they had to infiltrate the base, it's not like they pulled out their pistols and just started taking out men, started coming behind them and breaking necks. Now, they were like, oh, let's just play cool and take this jet and try <laughs> to fly out of here, uh, which was, I mean, crazy coincidence. But it, it still played out great and made for, some, made for some great scenes, seeing that, you know, the old jet getting chased by these new generations that are very much outclassing them and seeing how they can maneuver around them. Uh, and it was hilarious when Miles Teller came back to save him and Tom Cruise running again, runs up and just <laughs> knocks him over. He's like, what are you doing? Yeah, He's like, I just crazy. saved your life. He's like, I saved your life. Uh, so, yeah, the, the also, yeah, the chemistry they had, that, that chemistry they read, did. Tom Tom picked it right. Uh, not just because it looks alone, but they, they had a chemistry that I think involved throughout the film. I don't think it was like an easy, I think sometimes we would kind of see it just work in three steps where we'll see, hey, they got their beef, they hit their climax, things switch. Now it's kind of a natural it's a natural curve that works mm-hmm. with their relationship and them opening up to each other and accepting mm-hmm. and moving past the past. It was again much more than what it needed to be.
1: Yeah, I think that ending when they're in enemy territory bears apart. I was like, okay, no, it's it's going a little too far for me. And then it kind of switched and it did feel natural. And it did feel all right. Like, we progressed and it felt exciting and it was all right. So, I was glad that they didn't push it too much. Like I said, I was kind of expecting, you know, they go guns blazing and whatever. Like, I almost expected that moment because that's what you expect from yeah. some of the, like, like I said, mid budget action films. But, I mean, obviously, this isn't mid budget, but, you know, it's kind of a vibe you, you kind of get. But, so I, I was happy that it didn't go that route. It, it went all right. Um, Wait,
0: did you say this wasn't big budget or it is big budget?
1: It is big budget.
0: Oh, okay. I was about to say, what, what, like, can you do this on five million? No,
1: no, no. I was saying it's kind of like you know something that you would expect though from a like a mid-budget action film, or even oh, okay. I guess even big budget, even big like, budget, yeah, even big budget. I guess it's just kind of stereotypical. No, it was definitely not a small budget. I think the Top Gun was fifteen million. This so was one hundred fifty.
0: I'm not sure about the prices, but that that sounds accurate. Dol'by spread yeah. well, it was mostly practicals and I mean, yeah, they weren't doing too much special effects and reusing the same plane, so yeah, I think yeah, you could do this on a hundred fifty,
1: yeah, I think it was like a hundred more than what it was for the first movie, definitely a, a big change there, um something else with um Rooster's story and and Tom Cruise's story that connection to goose. And and the flashback of Goose's death that you mentioned earlier, I'll, I'll say that I felt more for Goose's death in this film than I did in the first one, by far. Definitely. Yeah, I mean they they really made it you know heartbreaking. You know you felt for these characters, which I like. I said I I didn't feel for them much at all. I didn't really feel much of anything in the first movie. I mean I liked Goose, but it's just the way they played that uh death just was a little awkward to me. Although I will say I was a little uh, taken aback when they said that Meg Ryan's character had also passed away. Um, I was like, oh, dang. (laughs) Jeez.
0: (laughs) Same. But again, it fit for the story. And and actually, I really (sighs) like that where he said uh, why he made the choice never to tell her that, tell him that it was his mother's wish that he pulled the papers. I really like that, that self-sacrifice there.
1: Yeah, I really like that. I feel like that could have worked with her living or dead, though. So I feel like that was a little strange to me. But but I did like that self-sacrificing kind of point of view.
0: With Miles Teller's character, Bradshaw, one thing that did kind of fall a little bit short for me is the understanding of his character's personality. He's first introduced kind of like a hotshot. But then you find out that he's by the books. But they don't really show how he's by the books other than him taking it slow. But they, but they, Tom uh, Maverick tells them multiple times, like you're too by the book. You you got to stop thinking so much. Don't think. And so I f- like it, it. It played out well, but I think that the exposition and knowing his character uh, to be like that wasn't so much there.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, I definitely feel like he was a person that was. You know, I think he wanted to do what was best by his versus hangman. that he leaves you hanging dry. But, you know, I think that the methods in which he did that could have been explored a little bit more.
0: Granted, I, I didn't want the cliche of where he's totally by the book and he quotes it. And because you mm-hmm. see Mav dropped the book in a trash can. I didn't need a scene later with him like taking the book out of the trash can. Like, oh, it's it's all right. <laughs> it's all right, baby. He didn't mean yeah. it. Yeah. Or like betraying the team or something.
1: Yeah, what do you think about uh, John Hamm in this movie?
0: Oh, he was great. Yeah, he played his role well. He wasn't, and when you when you have these like uh, these higher up military dudes, I always think about the worst one, which was in Avatar, where it's like that oh, high and tight. Yeah, he's all about just killing the Nazis and the communists and moving on with the mission, leaving a path of bodies, just being very over the top and stereotypical. Here he was, he was, you can see where his focus was, but he didn't fully go over to that path. Like he wasn't fully committed to just being about the mission when they mentioned things about bringing everybody back home. And of course, you know, he switched sides later on saying, Hey, like, this is what we're going to do for better success. Uh, I, I, I liked that a lot. But, and then I understood when he made other decisions, when he made decisions like, Hey, we're going to up it to four minutes. We'll try your chances with a dogfight.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I liked what he said. It's like you got to let them feel like they can at least do it. Like if you're going to make them feel like it's impossible, they're just going to feel defeated and give up. So I, I, I understood kind of where he was coming from in that point of view. Was it the right choice? Maybe not. I don't know. But but I did at least understand his point of view from that perspective.
0: I will say in the military, that's... uh. That's a lot about what like the training is when you do the, the when you're training for the real life missions, it's about failure. Like mm-hmm. I honestly I can't even think. Like sometimes you'll succeed at some and then others, they're just meant for you to like lose half your team until about test day and you still have to make the right calls, but you still, you know, hypothetically lose people. But the military is, is heavily is heavily about that. Uh, you know, one of the biggest training sites, NTC. Uh, fortunately I never had to go, but I know other people had to go and it's just, I mean, they're like, it's just three months of just getting the crap, uh, you know, just ringed out of you. Just you failing one mission after the other, trying to, trying to do your best, but it's because the real world, the, the real world training is supposed to be harder than the actual mission. Which makes sense. Yeah. So if you can at least come close to completing the mission in in training, then most likely you'll, you'll do the mission for real. But man, that mission, yeah, they made that mission look impossible. Like I understood, mm-hmm. dang, this is this is one thing after the next. Like they they said two miracles, and they made believe, yeah, those are miracles.
1: <laughs> I felt like I was gonna black out when they are going up that the steep trying to miss the steep cliff. Went oh yeah, for I got also, fanboy blacked out. Like,
0: <laughs> I started feeling some tension with some of the the characters during training too, like they. Uh when Phoenix started having her engine blow out mm. and then with the one dude who passed out, I was like, What are what, are, what is the plan here?
1: Yeah. Like I said, that they were they were real stakes in this. It wasn't just about getting enough points to graduate. It wasn't about getting you on a plaque. There was there was real stakes and I, I really appreciated wonders for the story.
0: Anything else you want to say with your opinions before I move on? Um
1: just to talk a little bit more about the romance a little bit more in depth with the spoiler section you know i think that how did you feel about the daughter in this i know that she played a part in some of it you know just jennifer connelly's life outside of Tom Cruise was you know, we knew a lot about her or having her just being introduced
0: it was interesting again to see how he had a relationship with her as well like they knew each other not just knew of each other but like they knew each other they obviously like they've they connected before. They 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 already have a a friendship made. Another crowd reaction was given when he jumped out of the window from Jennifer mm-hmm. Connelly, and he stands up and he's he sees the daughter. Everybody laughed, but it was the quickest laugh to all I've yeah. ever heard. Like some of the laugh, like didn't even like kind of like finish. Like I don't know, we were sitting down and it sounded like somebody <laughs> stumbled. That's how it's quick it switched. Just don't hurt her again.
1: I know so, it was like
0: oh, <laughs> that was that was the other impactful moment I had with her, and I I liked her role because she was kind of involved about as like as much as you would see a daughter of that age, and she wasn't she wasn't again like too far to one side of oh you know you're just planning to hurt my mom again I hate you you'll never be my real dad that type of thing mm-hmm, that we all hate yeah. kids uh seeing kids do uh the other crowd reaction. That was given. Wait, did I say uh, when uh, Hangman saves the day? Yeah, that yeah, one. You said that one. I, I saw that one coming. Actually, yeah, I kind of feel like that one took a little too long. I was like, where is he going? Is is he here yet?
1: Yeah, it- I felt that too. I did feel that too.
0: But I, I like the. Yeah, I like what played out with Jennifer Connelly. Another impactful moment I think they had is when he's leaving out. I felt that too. I was like, dang man. Mm. I was because I was like, I'm not sure if he's gonna come back. Like, this is I wasn't a sure what was secret. going
1: on for a second, cause I didn't, I didn't understand for a minute that he meant that he was going to leave them, like actually fly with them. When uh, oh. John Ham had mentioned it, I didn't realize that at first. So I was like, "What, is, what is he doing?" So like, I almost expected him to like propose or like, or like, yeah. if I get back, will you marry no, me? Like no, that was something that's... like that. So I was kind of glad I didn't didn't go that direction. But I do think that Jennifer Conley, the daughter, they definitely humanized her, and you have to see you know, a a possible future for him and one that works because, like I said, in our Top Gun review, Carrie McGillis and his character, you knew they were never going to work out long-term. Wait, Carrie McGillis? uh, What's her name? Kelly McGillis. Kelly. (laughs) We just don't know names. (laughs) Carrie, Kelly, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly McGillis. Their relationship was never going to work out just because of their jobs, her giving up uh, work to be with him uh just how he was as a person like you just knew that it wasn't gonna work out but this you know you feel like okay this this can work out for him
0: yeah i I saw that as well and it kind of feel good moment like i don't know just you just leave this movie as just a lot of positive vibes with the cast like everybody kind of everybody moves forward in a positive direction you have his character moving forward with a family uh Reconciling with uh, Rooster, Rooster moving forward with his career and his father's death and his forgiveness for Mav. Glenn Powell learning to, you know, be a better wingman. Uh, just that camaraderie between all the, the Top Gun pilots. Like, not everybody had a subplot, but you can just see that they're just going to continue, like, moving with something something, something to hold on to once they leave.
1: So I have a question um, how come some of the pilots had like, like the Bob in the back and some of them don't?
0: Uh, because some had the weapons, uh, the weapon guidance system that needed to be worked. So the two, the one, cause you had Bob and Fanboy as the weapons technicians. Mm-hmm. And remember they were controlling the laser.
1: Okay. But, but so, why wouldn't like, so they don't need that for every plane though?
0: No, because that, cause the plane up front with the one seater. Mm-hmm. Is working off of the laser from their wingman anyway, okay. so they don't need a second person in there to work that.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that was. I was. I was that, kind of wearing the same thing. Yeah, cause like I knew he was like working the weapon system, but I I didn't really know how all that that really worked together. So that's that's interesting to know.
0: We said a lot of positive things about this movie. Do you feel that this movie was actually needed, uh, or wanted, at least welcomed, or pointless?
1: No, I don't think it was as needed at all. I certainly didn't want it having not see original until about a week ago. But, you know, you know, I saw some people question, like, is this, like, too late to be having a sequel? Like, this is a little ridiculous. And I know when I first saw it, I was like, oh, great, another, another remake or another legacy sequel. Like, it was one that kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. And it was like, why, why are we just doing this for literally everything now? Like, this can't be good. So, no, I mean, it wasn't welcomed. I didn't think it was needed. And then I watched it, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did need this. <laughs> like you said, it did what the first one wanted to do. And I think it was far better than the first one, but, like, exceptionally better than the first one. So, did I think it was needed when it when it was announced? No, but I'm glad it still came out anyways, no matter what I thought. <laughs>
0: I I completely agree with you word from word, so <laughs> no need to even uh beat the dead horse on it. So, uh, yeah I'm, I mean honestly it's kind of proved that hey you want to make a legacy sequel to everything go for it just make it good, cause mm-hmm. I like I didn't I didn't care for Top Gun I didn't need this, but if you can make it work I'm I'm down for it. It's not like you know we may be we may be considered prudes snobs, uh but. We We still want to see movies do well. I still want to watch a good movie. like mm-hmm. I don't I wish every movie could be great. Granted, I probably would never have a life at the, if that was the case, but man, it's i I don't want a movie to fail. I mean only well, there's one movie that I wanted to fail uh, but that that was a whole that's a whole thing. But most of the time, I'm like man, I just I, I hope the movie is great. I would love to go out and see a, a great movie. Now I'm a little worried is this going to encourage studios to start digging through their catalogs? especially with all the streaming services we have and all of them kind of trying to pull things out to bring people to them. Uh, we'll see, but at least, hey, we got content. We got content, Caitlin.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is really refreshing to have this film, but, you know, it did really well. It's a lot of these legacy films. I mean, like I said, they rely too much on fan service. They fall into tropes that just don't work. They feel like cash cows. So, you know, it, it's proof, and I think it, it makes me feel good about having these bonus objectives you know having the legacy sequel that just absolutely
0: works yeah hopefully we can continue this trend because it hasn't been so great uh, as far as like our direct sequels our loose sequels fantastic worst person in the world loved it mm-hmm. uh, but all of our others man Matrix whew uh, screen 5 was eh Texas Chainsaw Massacre we had fun not a great movie we had fun though the Batman mixed feelings but I'm not going to sit here and say it was like Fantastic, but what what would you, other than comparing it to the to our other legacy sequels, requels, remakes, prequels, what letter grade would you give this movie?
1: You know, it's definitely one I'm going to have to revisit down the road, and I don't think that this is going to go in like my top film ever status. But you know, this is a solid film, and I just have to go by what I felt watching this, and I'm going to give it an, an A.
0: Yeah, I'm right there almost with you. I was kind of thinking of a B+, but man, there's just there's just so much to respect for this film that I have to get boosted up to minus. A-. I think it just had a couple shortcomings, and I think, you know, it's, just, it's still, I mean, it, it, it hits its potential, but mm-hmm. it's still, like, it's not that amazing film. It is an amazing film, but, you know, it just kind of has a little little bit of minor tweaking. I just don't feel real confident giving it that A-. Though I would like to say, I think now is a good time to kind of talk about our scale. I don't know if our letter scales are the same, the way you and I do them. Because letter scales, like when you think about letter grades, they kind of translate to percentage. So a A is a 95%. A A minus is between that and a 90%. 90% and 94% or 90 and 93%. And that can then be translated to a 10 out of 10 scale which would go into like a nine out of ten, which if you're looking at stars is like four and a half stars out of five. I would say is the letter grade is this kind of own letter grade. Because when it comes to IMDB, I wouldn't give this like a eight I wouldn't give this a, a high eight. I'll probably give this like a like a solid a solid eight or a high seven, which still goes which would like percentage wise go out to a, a high C or a low B But for me, that's like a, that's a B plus or A minus grade on IMDb. And the reason I bring this up is because this is actually now number 44 on the top 250 list of IMDb. Putting it in between movies such as Grave of the Fireflies and Aliens and Rear Window. I don't think this film is that. I don't think this film is this now movie in this, in like history. Maybe time will tell. Maybe I'll have a different idea later on, but I think when, like, compared to all those movies, I don't think it deserves that place. I don't know if you feel differently on that.
1: Um, I don't think this film did anything particularly new.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Um, Other than the
0: practical effects with the Jets and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, that has a lot to be praised. And, I mean, but I do think it does get credit for being a good legacy film. I mean... Like I said, I feel like recently it's been a little bit of slim pickings. So, I mean, I think that this is something that people are going to point to and say this is how you do it. So I do think it it gets some merit there. Like I said, my my letter grade was solely just on how I felt about the film. Not necessarily, like, do I think this is, you know, uh, technically precise? Like, do I feel like this is groundbreaking? No, I mean, and that's also why I'm not given an A plus or an S tier or anything like that. Um, but, you know, my excitement, I mean, I just got to go by my excitement. I was excited when I was watching. I was on the edge of my seat. It was fun. So that's what my letter grade's about. And and I do tend to be a bit of a tough grader. See, for me, I think like if you were to do it like a, a one to five scale, a C would be like a 3.5 average.
0: Yeah. Okay. Which will come out to we'll come out to seventy percent, but that's a C minus, minus, three point
1: okay. five. I I don't know. You kind of lost me with your numbers,
0: <laughs> right? Because it does. It I gets kind of confusing. I'm having
1: a hard time keeping up.
0: <laughs> it's I don't know. Like every time I have to grade a movie, it kind of gets graded to its a curved scale or like it has different. Like I'm not comparing what what I hold this movie up to is not the same thing that I hold Godfather up to. I'm mm-hmm. not comparing it in the same, in in the same yes. uh, grading materials or grading uh, parameters. I'm not holding it to the same standard.
1: Agreed. Uh, you,
0: you know, there's so many different things that come into play: uh, time, genre, what the film was actually going for, what their potential was. I would say for this film, I wouldn't put it up there like the top 250 films, but I would say that this is probably within like. I'm going to say off the top of my head, one of the top 25 blockbusters of all time. Oh, yeah. I would say definitely. this is a great blockbuster. It's great probably blockbuster. the top 10 or 5 legacy films that we have. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, IMDb is starting to become kind of interesting in the top 250. I think more people this day and age are doing reviews on film. Uh, and the way they're reviewing, I feel like it's very hot and cold. Like a lot of people are giving it those full tens that's kind of fluctuating mm-hmm. it in a way. Because, no way home is number 19 like spider-man no way home should not be number 19 you you can't tell me that like the top 20 movies of all time you're telling me someone's most people are gonna say spider-man no way home really (laughs) so it's interesting now like how imdb's shifting but if anybody was ever curious like how we grade i mean it's kind of it's not (laughs) there's not really a standard it's not it's not concrete at least for me it's not too concrete I think you have to listen to more of our words uh and and what we're talking about I think like even when I listen to reviewers I listen to more of what they say and sometimes I'll blank out on what their final rating was because so I was like okay I see what they're saying because I think both you and I we enjoy this film exactly the same like I mm-hmm. still really enjoy this film uh but of course I you know I took some technicalities
1: yeah I mean I was closely giving this an A- minus. See for me like a, a C- plus is is a good film a c plus there are still things i enjoy i might have more nitpicks and more things that i dislike more than others but a c plus still isn't going to be an awful grade for me typically i mean B's. these are are really good these are really good like i said this one got an a just because of how i felt while watching it and i wasn't really anything past that so but yeah, it's a different scale. Once you start making like comparisons to other things that you graded the same, then you're like, "Oh gosh!" when you start questioning and everything you did. <laughs> like, "Oh no, this isn't right." So I try not to to make too many comparisons like that. Just kind of go with my gut.
0: So this isn't going to be too hard. Where do you rank this film to Top Gun? I gotta yeah, ask.
1: Uh, <laughs> how uh how high up in the sky were they? Like, what was their altitude?
0: I don't even remember. Oh,
1: but if uh, Top Gun's below sea level, Top Gun Maverick is wherever altitude they were in the sky.
0: <laughs> yeah, like Top uh, Maverick's hitting the uh, hitting the atmosphere while Top Gun is in the hard deck. <laughs> but do, do you want more? You know, you you really enjoy this film. Do you want more?
1: No, <laughs> I feel like it, well, I feel like Maverick's story is done so i definitely wouldn't want more from maverick but i feel like this thing was it was it was a good movie and i think it to do anything more i think would be a disservice to this film because it, it i honestly don't know what more you could do
0: right even looking with the original top gun there there's stuff to play off of and we talked mm-hmm. about how a lot of the stories fell short like there were a lot of loose ends here everything's tied up pretty well and I mean you could bring some of the characters back, but it's like what characters do you bring back? Which do you leave? And then at that point, is this just gonna turn into another Rise and Fall of War film? So I, I agree. I, I would say no, I don't I don't need any more. Now I do need more like of this film in IMAX, which I plan to <laughs> see very soon. That's about it.
1: Uh I wish the IMAX here wasn't so bad.
0: <laughs> Your oh, IMAX theater's bad.
1: Mine is great. It's very bad.
0: Uh, I I can't wait to hear the, the sounds and the twenty three percent more scene.
1: It's just the seating, like because I guess the IMAX was like the newest theater before they switched to reclining seats so they're like we're not gonna we're not gonna do this. The Dolby the Dolby uh theater is really nice.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure- well, yeah, I'm pretty sure the sound in Dolby would be n- real nice.
1: That one's really nice at the 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 AMs me, but their IMAX is who they need to upgrade.
0: Yeah, there still feels like I went there to see Hobbs and Shaw the last time. That was the last movie I saw in, in Maryland at the AMC. Yeah, it's and not going to be
1: any updated since then. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it feels it feels exactly the same. I was like, I, I feel like this is when I was a little kid and I went to the science museum and they had one of these giant screens. Like that's, I was like, yeah, they haven't upgraded this at all. Yeah.
1: Sounds good, but but they just need to upgrade their theater. And the rest of the theaters are upgraded this part, even though half the recliners I feel like are broken now <laughs> already.
0: God dang, Marilyn. I don't know what I did Hold before lungs.
1: recliners. I have no idea. Maybe that's actually that's probably why. Like I have a um uh tendonitis in my knee. They call it like jumper's knee. But you actually uh, it hurts worse when you sit down like upright and like your your legs are just like like if you're normally sitting at a desk. So like those old movie theater seats, like if I was there for like a couple hours, like my knee would be killing me after watching those movies. So those recliners are amazing for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad, you know, this, this turned out to be a much better, uh, much better movie and a much better episode than I had predicted. So I'm, I'm glad we, we hopped on this.
1: Yeah, same. Like I said, this movie was a, such a pleasant surprise.
0: Is there anything else you want to say to our loving audience before we depart?
1: No, I don't think so. If you haven't seen for some reason, you're still listening to our spoiler section. Grab your grab your grandma <laughs> and go watch this film.
0: <laughs> yeah, your there grandmother. Some language. language.
1: There is some uh bad language. You're sensitive to that, but my grandma was okay with it. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, if they do want to get in contact and let us know how their their date went with their grandmother, where can they find us, Caitlin?
1: You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook we're Operation Silver Screen, but on Instagram and Twitter we're Op Silver Screen. Once again, Facebook, that's Operation Silver Screen, and Twitter and Instagram, that's Op Silver Screen. You can also find us on our personal letter boxes. Brian's going to be at Swing Seal, that's capital S, capital S, and I'm going to be at Coffee Spoon Kate, that's coffeespoon c a i t.
0: Well, till the next assignment, we'll be in HQ. I'm Brian. And I'm feeling. Suit. (laughs)